what to say even. Thank you, Bear Valley Church. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to start out with that. Um, you guys have been my church for a long time, and um, never have we felt it more in the past seven months or so. Um, so, some of you have no idea who I am. Uh, I'm Brandon. Uh, welcome. I'm glad you're Bear Valley Church. It's awesome. Uh, you'll see why as I tell the story, hopefully, but <clears throat> not because of us, <clears throat> but because of God. Um, so I figure you should hear the story from the horse's mouth. Um, it was August 31st, and my in-laws were in town, and we had just had our beautiful baby little Leah on July 3rd, and um, they said, we think Leah is sick. Um on a Thursday night. They had had two sons die from a rare disease called SMA. Yeah. Why? No. Who's better? Check, check, check. Check, check, check. I don't like the Britney Spears mic. It's, um... <clears throat> better? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, they had had two sons die from SMA, rare genetic disease. And um, we thought the odds of our kids having it were really low. They came to town and saw our little Leah and were like, she has SMA as best as they could. I mean, they're not doctors, but um, they had two kids who had it. And so uh, lots of tears, lots of crying, lots of um, wondering what the Lord's doing. As far as we knew at that point, it's a fatal disease. Um, and so we saw our pediatrician the day after that, Friday who didn't even know what the disease was, which is not her fault, but just like no idea. Like she's Googling it as we're asking for blood tests for it. Um, she was great, rock star. Like there were so many answers to prayers and that God guided us through in ways that, that were amazing. And so the fact that those blood tests got ordered and done the same day, uh, we spent a weekend with Pastor Kevin and Rebecca and other people uh, crying, not knowing what the Lord was doing thinking that, that our little lady had eight months to live. Um, she's nine months now. Oh, no, she's, I don't know how. Yeah, she's nine months now, pretty much. Should have known this, but either way, um, we're exhausted. <laughs> if you can't tell, that'll probably come through as, it, as I speak to you. Uh, so we went to Valley Children's Hospital, uh, which, again, getting in there on Wednesday. So that was uh, three workdays after seeing our pediatrician. Um, the doctor there spent three hours with us. Um, I mean, like, there's just things where it doesn't, it, it, it's the Lord's good grace to us. Um, and he changed our whole perspective because he said, no, it's not a fatal disease anymore. Um, there's two treatments. Um, one had just barely been approved and would help her to, she would survive. But we probably would have been talking ventilators and feeding tubes and um, barely surviving, um, at least for a while. Maybe she would have made progress after that. Um, but then he also said there's another, there's a drug in clinical trials, and they're running, one of the trial sites is in UCLA. So we're like, Psh. and that one is a one-time gene replacement therapy, and they say if you go, uh, we're probably not talking ventilators. We're probably not talking feeding tubes. We're probably, it's still difficult, but like uh, we're talking um, a big deal. 
And so he called, so again, and he happens to know the, the neurologist at UCLA. And so he just calls him. I've never seen doctors do that before. They just get on the phone and say, hey, um, what's going on? And, they, and he said, no, the, the trial's full. Um, and so we get back from that uh, appointment, and we're saying, well, what are we going to do? The Internet uh, can be a wonderful thing. So we had, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Because we're the Google generation, right? Um, and so me and Abby had told each other, we're not just going to Google ourselves to death here. Like we're going to spend time with our little girl. We're going to be with our family, whatever. So I fibbed a little bit, and I went online, um, clinicaltrials.gov, right? And I want to read up on this trial in UCLA, whatever. And there in the, there's a little green word next to one of them that says open. I go, wait a second, click on it. It says the EU trial is currently enrolling people. That's crazy. But when you think your daughter's dying or going to be suffering, you know, like you go, well, who, you know, I don't know, it's 11 p.m. Click on a little email link. I don't know who it's going to or whatever. We don't even have the gene results back yet. But the doctor, like everyone, and so we say, okay. Um, I email them and say, what's up with this? She calls me the next day from Chicago, and she says, yeah, we would send you to Italy. And I go, you would what? Like, how does that work even? And she says, we would send you. Um, cover all the expenses. And um, I just, as I looked out, kids, don't worry. You don't have this disease, okay? If you did, you would already know it, all right? <laughs> um, it's extreme, it's exceedingly rare. Um, but it is a lot of kids when you add up the whole totals around the world. So, um, but yeah, so, and it's got a happy ending just because Jesus is gracious. Um, and so they say, <laughs> like I'm on the phone with a lady in Chicago saying she'll send my whole family to Rome. And we just found out my daughter was sick five days ago. <laughs> and I'm like, well, when would you send us to Rome? As soon as possible. And so we need to consult with the neurologist in Madeira about it, Children Valley Children. So we're back up there Thursday. We're down getting passports on Friday, which again, there was a Christian lady there that like made it happen because we had to get back to Valley Children's Friday afternoon and we couldn't sit in the passport office all day. And we're sitting there going, how are we going to do this? And finally, this lady, like, I go up and I go, we, like, we, we, and she says, oh, we're going to get this done. And then she says, I'm not allowed to say this, but can I pray for you? And I said, well, yes, you can. I'm a pastor. And she says, well, by God, like, she's this, she's a sweet lady in a passport office, right? And we're going crazy. We got hoodlums running around this passport office, and it, it's just crazy. So you get passports for everybody. Um, we go back up to Valley Children's and they discourage us from going and say, don't do it because there's trial criteria. And we had, there's tests that she would have to pass. And if she got sick, she wouldn't pass them. And if she got too weak by the time we got there, she wouldn't pass them. And he says, and if you waste time and you don't get this other treatment that is approved, then you're wasting time and your daughter's going to suffer. Okay, 
so then I'm emailing back and forth with, I've gotten in touch with the neurologist in Rome who luckily speaks English. Um, he did his residency in the UK. Um, and he's like one of the top three neurologists in the world. And he calls me on Saturday <laughs> from Rome and says, send me a video. Send me, he'd already talked to the neurologist. The neurologist had called him from Madeira again, like, this is beautiful. And, um, and he says, send me a video. I, I talked to this guy, and he says, I really think that she would be accepted into the tribe. And I said, okay. So they put us into a touch with the travel. They're, they're, they have these people that do this, I guess. Send people around the world for clinical trials. And I got in touch with them, and we left on that Monday for Italy, less than 10 days after um, my toxic. And so this part of the story is called Eject, Eject. Right? Um, and this is where Bear Valley, you guys were gracious when you didn't even know it, but um, the elders the elders, and Kevin just said, just go. Like, we'll figure it out. Um, there, were, there were other families that didn't have that, that didn't have that, you know? We see other families in the trials with us that they didn't have backup. They didn't have support. They didn't have prayer. They didn't have uh, finances. They didn't know about their jobs. They didn't know about their houses. They had to wait and sell their houses or wait and rent them out or do something. They they didn't have even money to, to survive. You know, like it, there was, and for us, there wasn't any of that because of you all, because you raised an offering for us, because the elders and pastors said, just go. And so I'm eternally grateful. Um, it did feel a lot like ejecting from a plane, though. I've never ejected from a plane. I don't know if any of you here have, but I've heard it's quite the rush. Um, I hear there's usually injury involved, and that's how it felt, too. Um, it was exhausting. We got to Rome. Our kids stayed here. Beck and Jacob stayed here at first with Mike and Paula. And uh, we got to Rome, uh, and they we actually got there Tuesday night, because that's how the flights work. You leave Monday, you get there Tuesday. Wednesday morning, I'm walking into a hospital in Rome, just looking for anybody who speaks English. <laughs> you know, I'm going, and he was the guy, the head neurologist was there waiting for us, and said, let's get going. And uh, less than two weeks later, she got the gene, the infusion. Um, this multi-million dollar drug was flown on a plane from Chicago and was brought into this room, and there were 30 people in the room because it's a trial and a teaching hospital, and we're like, yes, and it's just a one-time IV for four hours. And they put a new gene into every cell in her body, and it starts making the protein that keeps her neurons, her motor neurons from dying. I mean, like, can you even believe it? This is, I mean, like, I try, like, me, Kevin was saying, like, so people in Rome, why are you here? Well, do you have a couple hours? Like, what do you, what do you want to know? Like, I, uh, uh. so, um, you guys, because of the generosity of this church, like we were able to go quickly. She got the treatment as quickly as she could. The Lord was in it all the way from people with baggage and people passport ladies and we were getting like Americans that we met along the way or at least people that spoke English um, in-laws being moving like it was just all the Lord putting it all together um, I was telling I was telling RJ and Kevin like 
have much more sympathy for missionaries now. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But part of it is I, I'm looking out going, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're doing. And they, like you all are going to get to hear from me, and I would love to hear from you. It's probably not going to happen with 200 people, but just know that we love you all. Like there's no way to say it um, any other way. So, uh, so that was eject, eject, ton of stuff. Our kids finally come out in October, so we were away from them for a month, which was rough. And then we all come out, and then there's some of you have been following the drama. There were side effects, which were known and expected, but hers were pretty severe. And so we ended up on a medicine that had to keep her pretty much in isolation. And so we were just stuck in a condo in Italy for the past six months. And she just got off the medicine three weeks ago. So whew, um, the update is we're blessed. Like we're blessed in the midst of exhaustion. I don't even know how to say it. Like I've never felt so blessed in my life and I've never felt so exhausted. Um, she's growing every day. She's gaining strength. She's not like a normal kid. Like she's not going to. She's not going to crawl and walk at the same times as everybody, but there is hope that she will crawl and walk. Uh, maybe it's when she's four. You guys are going to probably see her scooting around here in a wheelchair come January and uh, sitting up and like all that. You guys are going to get to be a part of all that too. So I'm still very, very appreciative of that. So she's growing every day in strength. She's the sweetest. Her attitude is better than mine most of the time. Um, I don't know how she pulls that off, but. Um, She's sweet. She loves to party in the middle of the night. Um, like between two and four in the morning, we're up. And it's not just like grouchy baby crying. Like we've seen grouchy, drowsy baby up fussing. No, no, no. This is like party time. Um, we're up. We're kicking. We're playing with our toys. Mom and dad are on the couch trying to survive. Um, so our boys, they, a lot of you have asked about them. Uh, they've decided they'll be friends for now because that gives them someone to play with. Um, so we're happy about that. Uh, we're homeschooling back. That's going well. Really, they're 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 doing really well. Um, they miss you all. It's funny. Um, it reminds me. I know for you young people that are here, uh, your friendships are real, and it's hard for you when your family drags you around and does things. And uh, it's just cool that my kids understand why we're there. So for you young people, I'd say sometimes your parents have to make tough choices um, that, that we know are hard. We know they're hard on you. And yet um, we're trying to do what we think the Lord wants us to do for the best of our families. So, so Beck and Jacob both have kind of wrapped their heads around that we're in Rome so Leah can be strong. And that's kind of as far as they know, but it's sweet. Um, uh, my dear wife and I still love each other. She still loves me. I don't know why most of the time. Um, she is uh, she is something else. Um, that wife of mine, I just um, she's doing she's doing good. She has every right to be crazy right now, like certifiably angry and crazy and grouchy every day. And normally, as soon as she has a cup of coffee, she's fine. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that's okay. I'll take that. You know, um, everybody, you know. Uh, so, so then, we knew trials would like, so I'm coming back here. And one of the, so one, the day I was leaving, Jacob had a fever. And so we're not supposed to, Leah's still not supposed to get sick. So we worried about that. And then two days after I left and I was here, the coffee pot broke. So, but don't worry. 
she ventured out with all three kids to the store and procured another coffee pot. So, um, yeah, and if you have the espresso maker, you're broke. So, we love each other. We even the past, since she's been off this medicine, the past two weeks, we've been able to go to a church there. Um, uh, there's a there's this little suburb of Rome, kind of, that has kind of an international community because there's international private schools there. And so it kind of attracts people from all sorts, like people that are in Rome. Not, I don't think anybody's in Rome exactly like us, but um, they're there for a job for just a year or two, or they're there on, you know, whatever. Um, they're traveling, they're, they're just stopping by. And so it draws these people, and so they're trying to, these two guys from Southwestern Seminary are trying to plant a church, an English-speaking church. So, like, there's a German family there, there's a Kenyan family there. They, like, so it's cool. It's very cool. Um, and they're all there because they're exiles in Italy who speak English and want to worship the Lord in English. So the pastors, the two guys playing the churches, one of them has three sons, the other has four daughters. And so that was a huge answer to our prayers um, because our boys were like, what? Other kids to play with? And so then they decided they didn't have to be friends so much. <laughs> but no, they're, they're still doing good. Um, it's kind of weird because it's a temporary church. I managed to go one week without them knowing that I was a pastor. Uh, it was the weirdest Sunday I've had in a long time. <laughs> where it's like, nobody knew. Like, I was just going to church, saying hi. We were telling our crazy story eight times, and it was sweet. Um, the next week they found out I'm a pastor, so I'm going to try to lay low from now on. Um, no, I'd love to help them if I can. Uh, once the, as the Lord provides. Um, all I have to say, I, I couldn't say thank you enough. To God, to Bay Valley Church, to those of you that have prayed, those of you that have sent things, little things, Dr. Pepper, you know, whatever, um, that you've just been there for us. Um, and I was telling the guys, too, well, I'll get to this later. So, um, thank you um, from the bottom of our hearts. Um, we'll be back in January, if not a little sooner, try to finagle it. Negotiations. I don't know, but if we can have it be sooner, of course we will. Um, but once she's 18 months, this phase of the trial is over, and so we would be coming home. So that's January of 2020. Um, so keep praying for us. Uh, we need it. We're still exhausted. She's still a lot like caring for a newborn, even though she's the size of an eight-month-old. Um, so that that's exhausting, um, just in and of itself. And there's still routines, and there's we have physical therapy three times a week, and just random things that are all blessings, but um, but are also very tiring. So um, it's so sweet to get to be there. Um, we don't. The church is gracious. So the church that you guys are still paying me to be the pastor is not here, um, and that's covering our mortgage and stuff here. And then the trial covers the expenses in Rome. So there really aren't financial needs, um, but there are needs of prayer and encouragement and just. To know that we're supported, like it means more than you could know. You know, to have the post lady come and try to speak English to me and have a letter from somebody, you know, um, somebody sent Bert, somebody sent cards to my boys, just Beck and Jacob, and they each got one and had their name on it. Just sweet stuff. Um, so thank you all for that. Uh, I do want to talk about the scriptures. Um, why don't you all open in your Bibles to Philemon 1. There's only one chapter in Philemon, but uh, Philemon chapter 1. This could be titled, Various Things Brandon's Learned in His Roman Sojourn. 
just I wanted to share with you guys things that have been on my heart, things that uh, God's brought perspective on um, as we've been in Rome. We're still processing a lot of that. Um, yeah, those of you who have gone through medical trials with your kids, it gives me an appreciation for you. Like, there's just all sorts of things that God teaches you, and it's overwhelming, and we'll have to sort it out. But I tried to whittle down just a few. Uh, Philemon 1, verse 7. Um, Philemon 1, verse 7. This is Paul uh, writing to Philemon about a slave. But he, um, but basically, Paul knew this guy, and this guy was in the church, and they had met a random person that was the same. But basically, Paul says this, 1, 7. Uh, Philemon 1, 7. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Um, I titled this point number one, just we need the church. We need the church. Um, we wouldn't have made it without the refreshment that came from you all. Um, and it comes from God. We know that, right? We know that. But, but here he says, Philemon, the saints have been refreshed through you. Right? God works often through his people. And so when you think about sending someone an encouraging card, or when you say your prayers and you really remember them, or when you send you give an offering or whatever, know that like this is really truly God using you to supply the needs of others. And we wouldn't have made it. We wouldn't have made it. I mean, with that like in God's sovereignty, we would have made it. But like uh, there was a refreshment that came with every letter, with every text, with every time I got to catch up with someone from back here who was willing to stay up late to talk to me or whatever. Um, it just was incredible how I saw this verse and how we could derive joy and refreshment from each other. Um, I want to tell you, when you go through big trials, don't don't be far from the church. It is not the time to pull back. When you're stressed out and busy and life's falling apart, it's not the time to say, oh, we don't have time to go on Sunday. Come here and be honest with somebody. And say, when they say, how are you doing? Say, we're dying. Right? It's okay to say that sometimes. Like, there was a point where people would ask, how are you doing? There's not even words, you know? Some of you have been in those spots. Some of you maybe are in those spots now. And praise God that you're here. But don't do it alone. Don't like keep it quiet. Like we want, we have this job to be refreshment to each other. It means to enliven, to to give life, to to, to prop up, to support each other. And so we felt that from you all. And then we've also felt that from these random people in Rome that we finally got to meet. They don't know us. Uh Yet and yet they're like, great, you're in Rome till January. Come be a part of us. And they've just accepted us and had us over for a meal already. And kids are playing together and we go to the park after church and all this random stuff that's just refreshment. And so um it's made my mind a lot more. Some of you think, well, I don't really serve the Lord. I can't can't teach. I don't like being up in front of people, whatever. Most of this refreshment hasn't come from any of that come from people who were behind the scenes who did little things to um, just be an encouragement right so thank you to all those you who fit in that category um i'm gonna skip ahead 
uh, flip over to Third John. He's like, wow, we get to go to all the weird books today. Um, Third John. I have to tell you, this has made me think about missionaries in a totally different light. Okay, now I know most of them don't leave with three days' notice. Um, but being in a different culture is harder than you think. Every, like where everything is hard. Every trip to the store, every, every everything. Every time we're in a condo, I got to talk to the landlord. I got to talk to the maintenance guy. We got to get money somewhere. We got to get to the hospital and back. We got to talk to people at the hospital. Um, and it's just crazy. And so it's giving me this thing where in the back of my head always I've been thinking, man, I did this because my daughter was, I thought she was going to die and that this was the best thing. Okay. And so Third John 1, verse 5. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church you do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. We should be the best friends of missionaries, even when they're not best friends back. Right? Um, they've gone out for the name, for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the world, just gone out for Christ. And that we would be a church about missions and not just giving. We always give to missions and they need money, right? If we had not had the financial support behind us, this whole deal wouldn't have worked probably. But but they need friends behind them. Right? They need people sending them cards. They need people sending them an American snack. They need people who will ask them how's it going and not expect to be asked in return. They need... You know, because even like I'm up here going, how do I summarize the past since September? Like this is the weirdest sermon I've ever tried to give in my life. Yet missionaries, every time they're back, this is what they have to do. Let me summarize the past two years of my life for you in 10 minutes. And they're not allowed. And sometimes we don't even allow them to sound discouraged. Or, And I, I go, man, I want to meet with missionaries and say, be real with me. Yes, tell us the good things, but tell us the bad things. Tell us the discouragements, because this is real life, and we're your friends, and we're behind you. And so I think about this verse, and that uh, they went out for the sake of the name. I went out for the sake of my daughter Leah, and you guys allowed us to do that, and it's a blessing. And I trust that we'll touch people in Rome, but that's not the main reason we're there. Um, there are missionaries who willingly chose to go live in a place where they can't even buy food without it being stressful. Right? If every time you went to Albertsons it was the most stressful part of your day, either way. Uh, and then the last point, so that was missionaries have it harder than we think. Um, yeah, you guys can turn to this one also. Turn back to Leviticus. Man, we do get to hit all the weird books. Uh, Leviticus 19. And this is a little touchy, but let it fly. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'm going to say it like this. Migrants have it harder than you think. Dare I say that in Kern County, in Tehachapi? Migrants have it harder than you think. Harder than we think. Harder than I knew. Okay? 
Um, look at what God tells his people in Leviticus 19. In Leviticus 19.33. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you. And you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. There have been, I don't know how many Italians must have looked at me and said, what the heck are you doing in my country? But there've also, and that that's fine because I'm asking the same question part of the time, but um, but there have been ones that have been so kind and so generous um, that it's beyond describing. Right? They don't. Some of them don't even know why I'm in Rome. They just know that I'm a, a loud American who speaks no Italian. Right? Who's getting frustrated? Oftentimes, I'm the one getting frustrated, right? Because I got a screaming baby and a sick child, and I can't. Need to get home and um, and so look what God says here. There's the, there's like a three tier thing going on. When a stranger sojourns in your land, you shall do him no wrong. And most of you are like, okay, great, that I can handle. I don't need to be. I don't need to cause anybody trouble as long as they go their way, and I go my way. It's fine. There's been some people who treated us that way. They've just done what they need to do and get out of here. Then he says, you shall treat the stranger who sojourns you, sojourns among you as the native among you. How can they treat me, who doesn't know their culture, who doesn't know their language, as if I'm Italian? It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of forbearing with me and use of Google Translate and all sorts of other hand signals and gestures and... Um, and yet they've been patient and kind. I think about, um, it's interesting this little crew the Lord's put around us. There's a guy that owns the condo that we're in, and there's a maintenance guy. And the guy that owns the condo knows some English, but has just been sweet. Like they brought us welcoming gifts. They brought our boys toys. They're always doing little improvements, so the yard's nice for our boys. And then there's a maintenance guy who knows no English, okay, which is as much Italian as I know too. Okay, but he's been the sweetest. Um, and they ask about our daughter as best they can because they know somehow that we're, that's why we're there and they go, is she getting better? And we just say, yes, thank you. And so as you would treat someone among you, so if there's a migrant that we meet, to treat them as we would anybody else and try to help them. And then last, what does it say? You shall love him as yourself. Now, of course, Jesus already told us this, but somehow I'm afraid that in my thinking, or maybe in our thinking as a country or a church or whatever, we have not fought this. Um, it's real easy to talk about migrants somewhere else. Um, but I am one right now. The Italian government gave me permission to stay in their country for a year so my daughter can try. And I'm eternally thankful. And they shouldn't have, to be honest. The visa we're on, we should not be on. 
it's not really the legal use of that visa. They made exceptions. They pulled strings. They did things because it was a little baby. We went there without visas, which was also a big no-no. And they could have just thrown us out. But in my mind, I'm going, I just got to get there as soon as possible. Okay? And so people sin. People do illegal things. You sin. Just be careful. Because the call is to love, right? Love, uh, I mean, this is plain. You shall love him as yourself. Why? Why? What were his people? Strangers in Egypt. Well taught. Um, it's okay. Uh, they were, we, and do you guys get it? So we were strangers of God. We were separated from him, alienated from the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We were dead in our sins. We were not powerful to save ourselves. We had nothing. And when someone shows up in our land who is like that, who has nothing, who is alienated from us, be careful. Be careful how we treat them. Okay. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have immigration policy and blah, 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 but I'm saying when you're dealing with people, you were a stranger. God accepted you. They might be a stranger to you, but you need to accept them. Um, and I tell you, folks, I don't. I, it's been a lesson to have random kindness from strangers who have no idea why I'm in their country, and yet have been patient and kind with me. And so, just wanted to challenge us a little bit in our thinking about that. Sorry if we step on toes, but been a whirlwind. I'm just trying to process through what the Lord's teaching. Um, I'm eternally grateful for you. I wish uh, you could. I wish I could be here holding Leah, and you guys could squeeze on her and watch her giggle. And um, oh, hey, little lady. Oh, I love her. Um, uh, she's so sweet, so sweet. Um, like she goes, she. Carbon, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I wish, and you guys will get to in January, so looking forward to that too. Um, just thanks, thanks, and glory to God for saving my daughter's life. Um, she would have all by all five years, and so we think too. If this had been Becker Jacob, they would have died from this disease most likely, and yet in five years' time. Because some smart guys figured out the way the world works that God designed it to. Some of you say, why are these viruses? I'm so tired of this cold virus. That cold virus delivered a gene into my daughter's cells that saved her life. That'll blow your mind, right? Um, crazy. So, there's no way to express even how thankful. But let me pray for you all. God, thanks for... Uh, this church, that they have supported missionaries, that they have treated strangers with kindness, that they have refreshed the hearts of the saints. And God, these are all things that I've experienced in this last uh, eight months or so. God, that you have guided us, watched over us, you've blessed us through your people, that you've turned, um, turned weeping to laughter and mourning to joy, God, and we didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. It's not because we're good. It's because of your grace. 
God, even then, I think about our souls. And our little Leah's soul is more important than her body. And I pray for her, for all the kids here, for all the adults here, that they would um, have their sins forgiven through Christ Jesus. And um, thank you for people in Rome that are preaching that. Thank you for a church here that is faithfully preaching that and that has shown the love of Christ and the generosity that they've given to my family. Um, God, we love you. It's good to be home. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>